everybody. My name is Bonnie Angie. Welcome to Senior Talk with Miss Bonnie. I forgot to do my introduction. I just dove right into this because I think it's important for us to know also you have all the intentions in the world of taking care of your parents, doing the right thing, being there for them, and sometimes you just can't. You can't be there. You can't be all of everything to everybody. You know. Yeah, and then also you got to be you got to have a certain skill level. That's true. It's not like paying the bills or going to the grocery store for them. Okay. This is this is medical. This is you know like life sustaining. You, you give the stuff. wrong pill at the wrong time, and it's a it's a downward. It's kind yes. of a downward spiral. Can or get fall. out of control or fall. Or a fall. Yeah. Oh my. Which we you know, and I'm I'm ambulatory, but when I fail. Now I know what they mean. Yeah, it, it's not. It's like when a when a baby falls, he springs right up. Mm-hmm. When you fall, and if you hit it the wrong way, you're there. Yeah, and lo and behold, if you're alone. Yeah, you know, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's a real deal. Like, oh, um, yeah. was talking to uh, talking to my cousin, mm-hmm. and he's in that position now with his with his mother, mm-hmm. and he brought up something incredible that I'd never even thought about, which was. Um, the it's a line between child and parent that has to do with like decorum Mm -hmm. and when the child is the caregiver then those lines go away because you're going to see your parents in all these vulnerable positions yeah and you know it's a certain level you got to be a certain you got to be cut from a certain kind of cloth exactly to be able to it's like with your grandma we went from a strong, vibrant, do-it-yourself woman to she was sick, just plain sick. Yeah. And after a while, you, you can't do it because, number one, they don't want to be sick. That's number one. And number two, they don't want you taking care of them. Because my mother would always say, although my sister was a nurse, she would always say, I want her to take care of me, you know, because she's too, you know, she may be too, you know. It's hard It's hard to take care of your parents. And then when the roles reverse, and I can see a little bit that now with us just working together, um, he gets his digs in, so he gets an opportunity. I do not get digs Oh, in. yeah, you do. No, I don't. <laughs> You know, that producer's revenge. <laughs> well, that's, that's no, no, no. But anyhow, it's, it's hard for a child to take care of their parents. So that's where home health comes in. Right. And what we're going to do, what we're talking about today with Gwendolyn Fisher, my sister, retired uh, BSN, and Dejean Adamson, my uh, granddaughter, who is... Uh, and traveling nurse and uh, an RN traveling nurse, and they're going to discuss from a medical standpoint the advantages of hiring or uh, home health people, um, and also home when you're having home health visitors, and you live out of state or you are busy, 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 or you're starting a new company or something like that. They uh, there's a person visiting your mom or your dad every day, or every other day, or enough to, for them to feel comfortable and not alone until you can get there. And so the home health person has many, 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 many 
uh, feathers in their hats, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a lot it's, to juggle. It's a lot. Yeah. You know. So, without further ado, I don't have much more to say about that because... Well, this episode, we're gonna, they're going to go into what, kind of, what to expect right. from, a, from a good home health right. care. And what to look for. What to look for, right. In a good home health yeah. uh, person. And just kind of what, you know. where they, where they, what they will do, what they won't do. So if you're ever in that situation, you, you, you have an idea what kind of questions to ask right. and what kind of expectations right. to have. Right. And that's the goal of this episode. Mm-hmm. Even at, um, at my young age of, of 73, um, I've been asked from, I, I just switched over to the new doctor, and, I, and the first thing she asked me, are you having home health services? No, you do your own cleaning? Yes, you do your own cooking? Yes, you're able to bathe yourself comfortably? Yes. Do you do your own exercises without any help? Yes. So a, a lot of that, but who's to say when I come home and, and my day is settled, I'm able to take care of myself going forward, you know. I'm, I'm, you're in pain sometimes, you know, or you get confused on your medication sometimes. Sometimes you don't need it to clean your house and wash your clothes. You need them to help you with that medication. Mm-hmm. My sister was on, oh my gosh, at least 17 pills. Okay, that's a lot of pills. And some was daytime, some was nighttime, break this one in half. That's a lot. But her daughter was able to step in there. And then when the nurse, when the nursing service came, they never had a home health care because she really didn't want nobody there to do that part of the work because I guess that's why I was around. <laughs> but, um, and I enjoyed every minute of it. But that nurse, he came three times a week. And she looked forward to him coming three times a week. You know, although she had a daughter there and grandchildren there, she was still looking forward to talking to that nurse that came. That professional. That she profession, can ask those right, questions and right. get that anxiety off. Right. With a, or with she somebody. could complain yeah. without them saying, oh, mom. You right. Know, so. But anyhow, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Gwendolyn Fisher and Dejean Adamson. And I hope we've covered and will be able to cover any of your questions. If you have any questions, you can always put it in the, the comment section. Yep. Okay? Thank you so very much. And while you're in the comment section, like, subscribe, follow. And follow. And share. Yeah, that too. <laughs> hey, everybody. My name is Bonnie A.G. Uh, welcome to Senior Talk with Miss Bonnie. Today I'm going to... We're going to d- discuss home health care. I have two ladies with me, two women with me. One's Gwendolyn Fisher. The other one is Dejean Adamson. Gwendolyn Fisher is BSN retired. Dejean Adamson is RN active. Gwen is my sister, and Dejean is my granddaughter. And I'm very pleased to have both of them here to walk this with a through walk through this with me we have been talking a little bit earlier about um certification the people they hire uh the people um the facilities so we're going to take this one you know one step at a time and get their input gwen from back in the day because she's been retired now for ever since 2014 2014 
and Dejean is still and Dejean is uh, lives in Roanoke, Virginia, and while Gwen is uh, here with us here in Columbus, Ohio. <clears throat> so there's going to be some differences simply because of the states, but the bottom line is still the same: good home health care, which mm -hmm. is really really hard to find. I live in a senior building, and I have seen things that. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. They steal little things. Mm -hmm. and, but nobody tells you when they have a good home health care person. They don't tell you that. I guess they don't want to lose it to another person, too. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I've seen things, you know, they take the bottom, you know, either the bottom sheet and give them the two pillowcases and the top sheet. Simple things. It, it don't mean nothing to a person that does their own laundry, but to a person that's depending on somebody to do their laundry for them. They depend on them to bring them back what they send, mm -hmm. you know, but because they're sick or they're old, who do they have to complain to? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, Gwen, would you like to introduce yourself some uh, more? My name is Gwen Fisher, and I've been RN for, I was an active RN for almost 40 years. And of course, I too have seen a lot of things that have happened in the field. But uh, home health, I remember once I started, um, I was the training nurse for the CNAs, the certified nurse um, aides, to kind of let them know uh, they had to go through a complete program. We had tests and quiz and just everything. And then they had to pass the state test. So it worked out pretty well, and I did enjoy it. But there's a lot that people should look for. The first thing is compatibility. Is this person compatible with your family who's going to be in your home taking care of either A, your loved one, or B, yourself? Are they following the instructions? Every home health case is opened up by an RN, and that RN determines what is needed in that home by the certified, what the certified nurse, um, nursing aide should do. The RN does that. Now, if there are other services that are needed, such as physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, those have their own assessment, and then those are taken care of by each department. But the bottom line is compatibility, um, that they follow your rules, the rules and regulations of whatever authority have put down at that time. The nurse is over the nurse, um, over the um, aide, and she puts down a care plan. So the family should be aware of what the care plan is. She should go over that with the family as well as the patient, and everyone should agree with it, and she will also go over it with the aide, and that should be followed through. If it's not, then there are people in the agency that they can talk to, such as the head nurse, uh, the case manager, or the owner of the agency. There are steps to go, and if they don't find satisfaction, there's always a state agency they can go to. Um, there is a lot to it, I know, but the, I still stick with compatibility. You have to be uh, part of and comfortable with the person that's taking care of you. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Dejean, how do you prioritize and manage? Um, you don't do home health care now. Yes. You do do it. I do. Well, mm -hmm. why didn't I think you didn't do it? I don't know. But I do. I've been okay. um, 
Probably because I switch jobs so much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it might have nothing to do with it. <laughs> but I've been with the company that I'm with um, for about six months, and we do home health. So okay. I am a home health RN. Um, so, yes, what was your, what was okay, your question? Okay, let me finish my question okay. then. Okay. How do you pr- prioritize and manage your task when providing care for multiple patients in their home, husband and wife? Um, okay. So um, with my agency, it's a lot like um, Dedicated, which you've talked about on the podcast before. We're kind of all-inclusive. I listen. We're we're all-inclusive. We're the medical provider. We provide therapy. We provide home health care services. We're their insurance provider. Um, So, but we don't have a lot of couples that we see. So if we see somebody in the home, it's usually one spouse or the other. Um, or we even have like uh, parent-child um, okay. dynamics yeah. of participants that we see. I um, mean, we do we, we call them participants instead of patients or clients because they are expected to participate in their own healthcare, just kind of across the board. Um, but in the cases that we do have multiple people in the home getting home care, it our home care services um, are individualized. So whatever the husband would need, we would go in and we would do that. And then we would do whatever the wife would need. Um, Our acuity or the amount of care that the person requires usually isn't high for our home health participants. Mm -hmm. So there's not really that burden of trying to prioritize, okay, you're going to go in here. Um, Mr. John needs his central line dressing changed. He needs, you know, antibiotics ran through that while... Uh, Mrs. Jones just needs her medications checked. Um, so we don't really have a lot of that. At, for our company, as the RNs, um, fun fact, I work with my mom. She's the other home home mm-hmm. care RN. Uh, so we just go in. We do a lot of medication checks um, to make sure that our participants are taking their medications as prescribed. We do a lot of medication education. Um, and we do um, discharge visits. That, so that's mostly what we do. Mm-hmm. As far as our home care services, if they need a higher acuity, like they have those um, IV antibiotic lines or catheters or whatever else, those are typically handled either by the clinic mm-hmm. that we have in our facility, like in our company, um, or they're in assisted living or a nursing home. And I they see. wouldn't get home care services if they're in a nursing home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Keeps you busy, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What strategies do you employ to ensure safety? and well-being of your patients in a home health care setting. Now, um, although Gwen is done with this in the past, I was wondering if there were if things ever change. When you give yeah. an answer, Gwen, you can tell me, well, it, was, it hasn't changed in the past 15, 20 years, you see. Or it has a lot, you know, so. So we we were talking earlier about the, you have to give mm-hmm. your CNAs, and this is everywhere, you have to give your CNAs specific tasks with specific instructions um, for specific participants. That's just across the board with nursing. Um, but what we do is we create, we have a form called a participant service plan or a PSP, and it's individualized to each participant. So it's got their information. It's got anything that we need to know about the home, any pets, any uh, if they live alone, if they live with somebody, mm-hmm. um, what kind of shared areas they have. Um, because if they do share areas, we can only do for our participant. Mm-hmm. Um, now, wouldn't that be a little odd? It would be like 
being in a hospital with just the curtain between you and a wouldn't that be odd? Um, it's never been person? it's it's never been an issue. And like I said, we only usually serve one person in the house, and that's because that person can't do for themselves. Um, so with those participants, we usually don't go in and do a lot but showering. Um, so our our home care services, our CNAs, uh, we. Our CNAs can do housekeeping, so they can do sweeping, mopping, vacuuming, some light dusting. They can do meal prep with the microwave. They can do um, laundry for the participant. They can do dishes, um, make the bed, shower, bathroom cleaning, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, they don't go into any shared, well, I won't say they don't go into any shared areas, but they don't do the housekeeping for the shared areas. So if a person lives with their spouse or their child, it's expected of the spouse or the child to do the housekeeping okay. in the home. Um, if they oh, want, I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. okay. if they want laundry done, then it's the participants clothes should be separated only. so that the CNA is only doing the laundry. If mm -hmm. they have their own room, the CNA can bring out dishes, um, and wash the dishes that they took from the room. But if there are dishes already in the sink, the CNA doesn't touch those. So it's just kind of making sure that we're not doing, because it's a liability thing, mm -hmm. um, we don't want anybody to be able to come back and say, oh, you know, mm -hmm. CNA did this for the husband and now his shirt is messed up. Mm -hmm. CNA shouldn't have been washing his shirt in the first place. Okay. Um, so that's a, that's part of the participation um, and part of the home care contract that they sign is that things are only done for the participant. Um, but all of the services that each participant gets are on that PSP or that participant service plan. And you go through its checklist of everything that the CNA is expected to do. Um, and like I was saying earlier, to ensure safety in the home, everybody is a fall risk that we serve. We serve seniors, um, individuals over 55. A lot of them have dementia or Parkinson's or decreased mobility, so everybody's a fall risk. So in that PSP, it's always checked that they're a fall risk. And there's always a note that says, remove clutter um, and clear pathways. So that when the CNA goes in and there's mess everywhere, they are expected to make sure that the participant can get to where they need to go um, safely. Um, our OT also does a lot of that, going in and rearranging, adding ramps, um, doing education with that. The nurses will reinforce the education and um, make sure it's done. Mm -hmm. So you said OT. What's an OT? Occupational therapy. Mm -hmm. What do they do? They are, um, they deal with what's called activities of daily living. So they assist the participant in managing their um, getting in and out of bed, showering, toilet toileting, um, getting in and out of the home. Whereas PT works on the kind of the larger muscle groups or individualized to specifically mobility, um, the OT kind of helps them manage mm -hmm. everyday tasks. Gwen, does that sound pretty much like you, what you did in the past? It's exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. That hasn't changed. But what she calls a PSP, I believe, we call it a care plan. Yeah, we have care <laughs> plans, too. We, and, and our PSPs are also integrated into the care, into the care it's, plan. It's the it's, same it's, function. It's just yeah. I get tickled because it's a and I think different name. PSPs so. are, I think, more specific to our, um, to your to our company. Mm -hmm. And it's just a kind of further step to because the CNAs don't see the care plan. How do you communicate and collaborate with the patient's family, physician, and other health care providers to ensure uh, coordinated care? 
let's just say, for instance, uh, for the layman, let's just say, for instance, I needed it, but I don't want to do nothing if my doctor ain't said to do this. How do I know for sure that either one of you have made sure? Is that what your company do, or is that what you do in front of them, or in order to make them feel secure, comfortable, and it's okay to, we're going to switch this up a little bit, not changing medication or anything, but just certain things. You know, instead of us using, let's say, a bandage that they've been used to use, we're going to use a non-stick bandage. You know, and they're used to the one that's, you know, waiting on it to hurt, to pull it, you know, that type stuff. So... Do you do this on your own, or do you have to have written permission? Everything you should be able to show the patient, or okay. basically, you have to have written permission for everything you do to okay. the patient and for the patient. Uh, in your scenario, I would first, if the person uh, voices that concern to say the CNA that's there, then she in turn would let the nurse in charge of that patient know about it. And then that nurse would handle it from there. She would contact. First, she would find out exactly what the patient's concern is. Because sometimes they'll ask you a question, but they're really asking something else altogether different. So you find out what the concern is. Then you go, um, if it's a legitimate concern and you can do something about it, then you will ask uh, the doctor in front of the patient. Or you will say, I will send a message to the physician to find out exactly what he wants us to do about this. And then you'll get back with the patient within a reasonable amount of time so that there's no concern or anything. Right, so the fact that they could go, they so in other words, there's no room left to, to tell a family member, well, the nurse just did it. Right, that so way. yeah. Um, and like you were saying, as far as coordinating care, we have, we're all inclusive at my company. Um, so our doctors work out of well, it's a doctor and two nurse practitioners. Um, they are the participants' primary caregivers. So once they enroll in our program, they don't see their former uh, primary care provider. I see. So the the provider there takes over the care and does any medication adjustments, any anything like that. Mm -hmm. So. Um, but what happens if that? particular patient has been with that particular doctor then they have a decision to make whether they're whether going they to enroll keep in that our pro program so your program is more like the one dedicated mm -hmm. that it's a lot like it yeah see i, I never was in that's a new phenomenon mm -hmm. okay and that's, it's that's a, and that's it's a new one <laughs> it's to kind of ensure that coordination of care um we do have so for special for specialists like uh, podiatry or cardiology or things like that, mm -hmm. we have a scheduler who then will schedule out or refer out, mm -hmm. and then they would go okay. and we would provide transportation. But any type of appointment that is not approved by our company um, doesn't get paid for because we are their insurance as well. You had asked about um, specifically about changing wound care orders or mm -hmm. about the dressing, right. and I, mm -hmm. I wanted to address that because okay. I think that. Um, is important is to, important to yeah. talk about and how it I guess now with nursing um, the providers are a lot more I don't want to say lenient or trusting um, but we have a little bit more autonomy especially in the home health care setting because we're out in the field we're not in the clinic um, to be able to make dressing or wound care order changes as okay. we see necessary okay. so for example if we have a participant who's been seeing and they've been seen for a specific type of dressing um that is different dressings have different uh different jobs so if they've been seeing 
if they've been getting a, a wound care order that says we need to dry out this wound um, and the home health care nurse goes and sees that the wound is dry, then we don't keep putting that same bandage on. I see. We are able to um, change that order, change the dressing that, that has been given, and then we have to go and write the order to give to the provider to sign. So everything okay. still needs an order. Okay. So you had mentioned, you know, the nurse isn't just do, it just, just does it. Sometimes we do. Mm -hmm. um, it's in our scope of practice to make that judgment call, but mm -hmm. we always have to have an order. And a lot of times I've noticed since starting nursing, um, and I'm not sure how providers felt about it when you were getting started, um, but a lot of times I'll just be like, okay, change it, write the order, and I'll sign it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that we do have the autonomy mm -hmm. and the um, wherewithal to do. Now that sounds like when we used to, if you've been in home health for a while and you've been dealing with a doctor, and you and that doctor have a rapport, mm -hmm. then he begins to trust your judgment, mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. he would do it, you know, oh yeah, go ahead, write the order, yeah. I'll sign it. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. if it's a new doctor and you're a new person, yeah. then it would mm -hmm. always you would be, have to build that this trust. is how the wound looks, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. do you want to try this dressing, or shall we try this dressing? You, you'd offer suggestions mm -hmm. with okay. them. And they but always have to be seen by the provider, so once always. you change that dressing, yeah, you, you can also make an appointment with the clinic to so have you have to in. call the clinic see we would have to call the physician and get an appointment time for that person so with so our, that they could see the wound and how it was yeah so with right. with our and that's right. why we call the clinic um because the clinic has medical assistants who handle the appointment Things making have changed. They, yeah, or we can yes. talk to you know the we talk to the the medical assistant and they'll make the appointment to come in. We have a wound care doctor that comes in on Monday. So all of our pe mm -hmm. patients, participants with wounds come in on Monday to see the wound care um, mm -hmm. doctor and, and do that. But mm -hmm. it just, it depends on the provider and the nurse and the company mm -hmm. um, and the state to <laughs> kind of. Well, okay. I think it's the same way. It's just the way when I was doing it, how it's done, but it seems to be basically the same way. Mm -hmm. You still need that order to do Always. the change. Mm -hmm. you know? Always. So it's really how, how is it? The communication mm -hmm. exactly and you don't when you, have, you don't have to call and wait for the doctor to call right. you back you can call your person mm -hmm. and it's right there and they say well yeah or you can take a picture nowadays and send the picture mm -hmm. to them mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it just makes it so much more convenient mm -hmm. i like that way <laughs> i'm not going back <laughs> now here we go ladies this question don't y'all fight to answer it okay uh, how, do you, <laughs> how do you access and address the social and emotional needs of your patients while providing care in their home? And I know that's got to be tough. Well, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What um, an inhale. So it takes more than one visit. It does. It does. And it also takes yeah. um, kind of knowing your participants' uh, history medically their diagnoses especially their mental health diagnoses um and kind of it's all about with home health it's all about building a rapport mm -hmm. with your client participant patient whoever you're seeing um and just making sure they trust you enough to listen to your suggestions um we have a couple of participants who become extremely depressed um, they live alone, you know, they're on all these medications, they can't get around like they want to. So the first thing I always do is encourage them to go to the day center. We have like an adult daycare and I'm putting that in air quotes because, you know, it's kind of a hot topic 
Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of just get them out of the house. Yeah. 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 And they come make in, them they do socialize. something, make them move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they do. We have a whole recreation um, manager who coordinates events, outings. They go to Walmart all the time. They go out to lunch all the time. So for those participants, my first thing is always, when's the last time you went to the day center? You know, um, are you going on your next visit? Why haven't you been going? And then I go into the whole, well, you know, it's a cycle. You sit in the house by yourself, you become depressed, you become depressed, you don't want to do anything, you don't want to do anything, you don't take your medicine, and then you're falling, and then you're in the hospital, and then you're depressed. So I kind of go down that rabbit hole, um, and sometimes I probably get on their nerves mm-hmm. enough, and they're like, That means you're doing I, your job. I'll, I'll be there tomorrow. I'm coming on your Wednesday. <laughs> so it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All I can say is that what she's doing through her agency, mm-hmm. we had to go outside at the time when we were doing it to find that. Uh, daycare center. Mm-hmm. I would have to make other arrangements. You'd have to call. You'd have to coordinate the services. And then it would be transportation. How are they going to get there? Mm-hmm. So the thing I like about the agency that they're with and what I see happening is that it's all becoming one umbrella. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go through the different. Hoops. We had to go mm-hmm. through all kind of hoops just to get a person from the home to the daycare three days a week and see if they had a bus that would come in that neighborhood to mm-hmm. pick that person up. So I, I like the yeah, new way of, of doing things. We uh, were open five days a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have the whole transport. You know, we have our own buses, vans, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll come get you. They'll take you home. Well, that's what mm-hmm. Bonnie was saying mm-hmm. about Dedicate. They, mm-hmm. When she told me, she said, well, they'll send an Uber to get me. I said, an Uber to get mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, yeah. I said, we don't pay for Ubers. Oh. We got a car. <laughs> 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 we got a car. So like, what company name? <laughs> the, I, the idea that someone would send an Uber to pick up a patient to come to an appointment appointment mm-hmm. to me was like wow has mm-hmm. things re- yeah things have changed things and have they changed. seem to be changing in the right direction mm-hmm. so I am happy to see that yeah and in conclusion Deji I appreciate you taking the time to do this with me and Gwen as always you know you're welcome you're my my go-to person when I need a second voice you know and sometimes even the voice of reason now I want to wrap this up uh, and until the next time, remember to click like, I'm sorry, to click on like, uh, comments, and subscribe. Thank you, ladies, very much. I appreciate your participation. <laughs>